This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. Where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. What's up, guys? Welcome back to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. My name is John. I'm sitting at the table with Aaron. Aaron, how's it going, man? Hey, John. Man, I'm doing awesome today. I'm excited to be in the studio. Yes. And you know what? You ask me every time mm-hmm. how I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm always doing great. But yeah, how yeah. are you doing, John? I'm doing fantastic. No bad days, man. No bad that's days. Right. That's how that's how I roll. Only so good days and great days. That's right. I control whether or not it's good or bad. And it's a good day every day for me. So especially when we get to podcasts like this. Heck right. yeah. And we got a really nice topic today. Something that should be very valuable and interesting to most people. Um, we're going to talk about, I'm going to actually dive into dissecting pro wrestling psychology okay so if you are in the pro wrestling world you might be familiar with the phrase psychology if you're really in it you're definitely familiar with that psychology if you're first getting started it might be kind of bounced around you don't really know what it is yet but we're going to talk about it today so professional wrestling is the greatest entertainment source available we believe it we know it and i also want to let you know that it takes more than just moves in the ring and some cool clothes to make that entertainment source work. The true art of professional wrestling lies in what we call ring psychology. Okay, so today I want to touch on ring psychology and give you a specific way to study the greats and learn from their example. And I say touch on it because I think we could do a plethora of episodes about ring psychology. I'm just going to scratch the surface today, guys, okay? So first off, first off, before we get into that, please head on over to YouTube. Check at, check us out at How to Become a Pro Wrestler on YouTube. We just posted a brand new video. We got lots of cool videos in the archives. So go check us out on YouTube. Hit that bell. That way you know every time we post something new. Please give us a subscription. Feel free to comment or give us a review right there on YouTube. Please, it helps us tremendously. All right, guys, so... I suppose we should start here. What is ring psychology? And that's a, if you walk into a locker room and you say, hey, what, what does ring psychology mean? If, and there's 20 people in there, you're going to get 20 different answers. All right. And they're probably all hopefully stemming from the same thing. I'm going to try to make it as simple as possible here, though, for me personally. So in ring psychology is structuring a match so that it makes sense, so that it's worked properly so that it tells a story and does not consist of random moves with no fluidity, okay? It's got to move seamlessly. So essentially, it's this. Ring psychology is telling a good story. Yeah. That's it. Imagine like it's a live play, it's Broadway, whatever you want to call it. It's theater, and it's a good story. That is ring psychology. That's it. Your favorite stories from books, from TV, from movies, they involve more than just like fancy outfits and car crashes, okay? You need drama, you need suspense. Sometimes the good guy can't win, right? You gotta have times where the good guy isn't always winning and when he does win, he has to earn it. That's what makes a good story. Psychology is just telling an appropriate story inside the ring to elicit the desired response from the people that are watching, all right? so. That desired response, I want to kind of hit that a little bit more, might be boos or cheers, right? I think that's where most people lean towards like, oh, yeah, the response we want is noise. Good guy wants cheers, bad guy wants boos. But please don't forget that if you dive a little bit deeper, because it's very layered, 
you want the desired response to be that they become so invested they come back the next time you wrestle. Right. Right. That's what we want. We want sustained entertainment, sustained value, where they want to come back and get more from you. That's the real desired response is you hook them and you get them coming back for the next piece of the story that never really ends. Okay. So here's my personal definition of ring psychology. Like I just told you, you ask 20 different wrestlers in a locker room, you get 20 different answers. If you ask me, this is the one that I always gave to. And it was give a performance that encourages fans to feel without forcing them to think. That was always mine because they should be able to watch a match and enjoy it and have a great time, but not have to go, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. What happened right there? Like, I don't need them doing that. I don't need them overly thinking. I need them having a really good time and enjoying what they're seeing. Okay. So giving a, giving a performance that encourages fans to feel without forcing them to think they want to think that's great. But if they're forced to think, if they're like Mm -hmm. taken out of it and they're like, wait a minute, what just happened? Then it becomes a problem. Okay. Like, and if you really think about pro wrestling when it comes to that, because you could go all different directions with that, asking me, like, well, then how does this work? How does that work? Like, you got a guy like The Undertaker who, if you tell a non-pro wrestling fan that this is a guy that, like, like dies all the time and then comes back to life, like, they put him in a casket, set it on fire. They've buried him in six feet of dirt. They've thrown him off of cliffs and stuff, but then, like, he comes back. Like, it doesn't really make sense. But the psychology, if you followed his whole career, like the psychology of it, he's made you okay with it all. Like, you're like you love it when The Undertaker comes back to life. Like, it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. You follow the psychology, you suspend your disbelief. You don't sit there and think about it. You just go, yeah, this is The Undertaker. Right. So you can make them believe way beyond just, like, practical stuff, right? Like, I'm not just saying... My definition almost sounds like I'm saying it has to be very practical, but no, no. I love the supernatural crazy stuff as well. You just have to do it appropriately to where fans love it. All right? And it's hard, but it it can happen. So here are some ways to incorporate ring psychology, like some very simple, basic. Like I said, we can – there's so many different things to talk about with psychology. It's not a simple topic. But here's a way that you can incorporate it immediately into a match or that you can spot it immediately if you're watching a match. Mm -hmm. So let's say your your opponent is bigger than you, right? I mean, you've got, what, Rey Mysterio versus the Big Show, correct? So psychology would be Rey Mysterio attacking Big Show's legs so he had to drop down to a knee so he's more appropriate size to fight, right? He's not seven feet anymore. If you break him down to his knees, now he's five foot tall. So are you. Now you're equal height. You can punch him in the face. Like, that's part of of ring psychology. Please note that all these things are not like, it's not the definition. It's parts of the whole that makes psychology, right? So you could also just boil that down to psychology includes making sense in the ring, right? That's a major part of ring psychology is just making sense. It makes sense that, oh, Rey Mysterio cannot beat the big show, but wait a minute, if Big Show's leg hurts and he drops to a knee and then Ray just balls up his fist and punches him in the nose, yeah. he's not much different than any other guy you punch in the nose. So that's making sense is a big thing. And that also applies to what? Like if your opponent's a high flyer, that's, this applies to Big Show, right? Ray Mysterio's jumping around the ring, bouncing off the ropes, flying mm-hmm. off the top rope like a crazy man. You knock him down, put him flat on his back on the mat. 
Now he's not a high flyer anymore. Right. So you force him to stay grounded. A high flyer, you could attack a high flyer's ribs or attack his knee to where he can't climb the top rope anymore. Like that's that's all part of psychology as well. Um, but it doesn't have to just be like attacking a body part. That's a major part of it. But like, because psychology could also be like I work on your neck because my finishing move is a, a move that affects the neck, like like Randy Orton's RKO. Like that's a head and neck move. So you beat up, you, you punch their neck until they're injured, you hit them with RKO, the match is over. Like that's psychology as well. So, but it also could mean maneuvering your opponent into doing something careless or uh, making a mistake out of frustration. So I'm also a comic book nerd, like that's me. And if you know anything about Spider-Man, if you've seen the movies, I guess, if you've seen the movies, it happens in the movies as well. Spider-Man talks nonstop while he's fighting. Right. He talks, and the, all the villains get really mad. They're like, you're so annoying. You're so annoying. Can you not shut up? That's almost in every Spider-Man movie because right. it was in every Spider-Man comic book. And it was because he was weaker than a lot of his opponents. So he would talk, and they would get annoyed, and they would get careless, and then he could beat them. Like, that was a big part. He was also a kid, so it made yeah. sense for him, like, to just be chatty nonstop yeah. and stuff. So that the Spider-Man law is kind of part of psychology that I love because you can maneuver your opponent into doing something careless, um, taunting your opponent to keep them angry and incapable of, like, creating a strategy against you, right? Like, like um, if you had a – I always loved, like, let's say, like, Kurt Angle is an amazing technical wrestler and he's super intelligent, has a high ring IQ, meaning like he can systematically pick you apart because he's so smart in the ring. But like if you did things to like annoy him, like in the ring, like you do annoying things, you you taunt him, you, you I don't know, you steal his gold medals off of the table at ringside and you, you spin him around on your finger, you put him around your neck. He gets mad, he loses his strategic advantage because he just gets blinded with rage and then you take advantage of him. Yeah. Like that's psychology, right? So you can kind of see those are all different kinds of examples of how to incorporate psychology into the in-ring. And I'm talking about in-ring because there's also psychology involved with promos and stuff as well. But we're talking specifically kind of in-ring today. So my favorite way to this day to study psychology, which was never taught to me, this is kind of something I had to figure out on my own. So here we go. I'm going to impart some knowledge on you guys because I've never heard this taught in a school or anywhere else. Now, we get taught to watch tape. That's what we're told. That's what it's called. Every pro wrestler knows that. It's watch tape. That's where you go watch a match and learn from it and then incorporate some stuff from that match on your own. But I think it needs to be broken down even further And like, what exactly are you watching for? Because some people think they're just watching to see what outfits they're wearing or see like what moves are they doing and stuff. So this is the main thing I want to discuss today because this is my favorite way to actually learn um, and study uh, and incorporate ring psychology yourself. So first, you need to choose a match that you love or a match that lots of people seem to love. Typically, that match, you know, will stand the test of time. It'll be a match that's been around forever that people just can't stop sharing and stuff. So you probably know about a lot of those matches. Uh, Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat, Undertaker versus Mankind, Rock versus Stone Cold, uh, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold. Like, there's these classic matches um, that are out there that have happened. Um, The Rock versus Hulk Hogan, that's another great one. Like, all these matches that have stood the test of time. Pick one of those matches, or your favorite, whatever it might be. Watch it, enjoy it, and then I want you to start writing parts of it out. Maybe even write it verbatim out as you're watching it. You know, um, write out 
every move, every sequence that's happened this far in the actual match itself. Okay, so you've just created a study guide for wrestling psychology by doing that. Now type it out, you know, of course, it's modern day, you don't have to do pen and paper, get your laptop out, type the match as you're watching it, whatever. But analyze it, learn the match back to back, and read through what you write for a few days. And as you work through it multiple times, I want you to start attaching your emotions to each of the things you've written out. Like block it out into some paragraphs, make it nice, easy to read, and start to go, okay, I get emotionally invested at the point to where um, Shawn Michaels does this, right? In the match with Triple H. I get emotionally invested when this move happens. Why? And start thinking about it. And then just look at what's before and after it and see how they crafted their match. Shawn Michaels is often credited as being one of the greatest ring psychologists of all time, along with the, up there with Bret Hart and Triple H and stuff. So a lot of his matches would be great ones to watch. But start analyzing what you wrote out because you've actually created a study guide here. And as you start to discover, like, this part of the match made me feel this way, this part made me feel this way, why do you feel that way? Just rationalize it and make notes of it, okay? Start understanding how these emotions were created, and you'll realize there's a formula in place with that match that you can now recreate on your own. So the best way to study and... I, this is going to be controversial because it's just my personal opinion, but that's fine. That's what you're listening to me for. Hopefully you trust me a little bit. But um, in my honest opinion, right now, in the modern day of wrestling, I believe that there is one particular person worth watching predominantly, at least. You should watch all the greats of history and you should watch other people today. But I actually think that AJ Styles is one of the absolute best examples of modern ring psychology. I think he is the current like Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, right? He's that good and he's that modern. Because, yes, I understand Shawn Michaels was that great, but he was that great in his time. Not that he wouldn't be great now or that even if he was in his prime right now, he wouldn't be great. But I'm saying AJ Styles has grown up in a generation beyond them and has become as talented as them. And now he's the one to watch, in my opinion, because he's also up there. Like He's in his mid to upper 40s now. But he's still competing at a very high level and telling some absolutely amazing stories. So he's in a class of his own right now, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, again, all that being said, you need to go back and study the greats. Um, you just keep in mind some of the techniques that were used in the, let's just say you're looking at the 70s and 80s. They might not elicit the exact same response if they happened in the ring in 2023. Right. It's okay. That, that's part of life, right? Um, many of them will absolutely a lot of those things that work back then will still work but many will need some modern flavor injected to be actually relevant in today's wrestling world so i recommend aj styles because i think his flavor is perfect for today's pro wrestler trying to make it in the independent world or trying to make it on tv and all that stuff as well he's a great one to watch so that being said like, I do love AJ Styles and recommend him, but you should think about some of the other greats to watch as well. So some of the greatest ring psychologists of all time, and this is dangerous, me naming names, because I'm going to not mention people. Trust me, there's a hundred other names that belong to this. Wrestling is so old, and this is wonderful for you, that there are so many greats yeah. to study from. Okay, but some of the greats that influenced me were, would be people like I've mentioned already. Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, also Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express, one of the greatest sellers 
greatest ring psychologists of all time, Ricky Steamboat, The Undertaker, Arn Anderson, often credited as being one of the greatest minds in pro wrestling, Dusty Rhodes, of course, Ric Flair. I could go on and on and on, right? So don't be upset I didn't mention your favorite. There are hundreds to choose from, but I particularly enjoy the work of the people I've mentioned in terms of straight in-ring psychology. So, and you know I talked about AJ Styles as being the modern person to watch. But all that being said, guys, don't forget, psychology is just the art of telling a great story. That's really what it is. Do people want to hear the next chapter? And that might mean what they're watching right now. Like, you might be in the ring wrestling, and the match just started, it's five minutes in, and they're like, man, do I even care about, or is this where I should go to the bathroom? Right, yeah. You want people to be invested in your story enough to stay, right? Like that was always, if I ever showed up to a show, um, there were some like spots in a show that you kind of considered to be like dead spots. Like the first match on a wrestling card needs to be really solid, really good, set the tone for the whole evening. Then you have a couple of matches that are, they're there at least. Then you have potentially one more match that's going to lead them into intermission that needs to be a match that's going to wear them out so they can go rest and come back have something pretty solid right after intermission then maybe a filler and then the main event like that's kind of how a wrestling card goes any variation of that but you know if you show up and they put me if i showed up and they put me in the third match on the card and there's another match after me before intermission i would be kind of like eh, they don't have much faith in my potential um, I'm going to prove them wrong, right? Like, I'm going right. to wear these fans out so bad that they're not going to be able to pay attention to the next match. And that's not, that's not, you know, I, I, the idea, though, would be that the next match has that same goal and then every match becomes yeah. amazing. Right. Like, like, that's what we want to happen. But I'm just saying, know how to work with the fans and tell a good story so they stay interested, right? That's all you need to do in pro wrestling. Tell a story good enough to where people become invested and want to continuously watch you and continuously pay to come see you every single time. John, and I really like the tip of writing that out. I think that's, mm-hmm. a, I think that's a good strategy because yeah. I was thinking about it as you're saying. I was like, well, if I'm watching this match and mm-hmm. I'm writing, you know, he started, uh, you know, taunting the crowd here or he took a break. Here. Yes. And you, and you kind of can feel, I think what you're going to see is that mm-hmm. is these, these highs and lows. Absolutely. Right? And kind of take, I think you'll be able to see the story on paper where, you know, the good guy's ahead, bad guy comes back, good guy, bad right. guy, goodbye, and then, you know, then you're finished. And that's exactly what you're looking for. You're like, why did I get mad at this part of a match that I was so happy in a few moments ago? And you're like, well, this is where this happened. Yeah. So now I'm upset because the bad guy's beating up my hero. Yeah. Like, right? So you can see that better if you put pen to paper and actually read it, you know, or type it out, whatever, print it out. But like when you see it, you're like, oh yeah, duh, because this is what, that's where this happened. Mm-hmm. Right. You can also see like instances in matches where, the two guys knocked each other down at the same time and they're both knocked out like they're laying there like what's the crowd doing why do you think they did that right there did they do something really poignant to where they needed to let the room breathe Mm -hmm. probably so if they're doing it right they did at least Mm -hmm. so just pay close attention to what they're doing when does the bad guy start yelling at the crowd like was that planned do you think he planned to like right there stop and yell at the crowd what do you think or did he did also you can learn how to pivot you might see a match and be like, I know they didn't have that planned, but that right. was so awesome. Yeah. Like, because they just learned something. The, the greats can really learn something in the moment and apply it. Feel if, the crowd. You know, like, yeah. absolutely. Feeling the crowd is really important as well. So, guys, just know that you're telling a story out there. 
And the best way to get feedback on your story is to listen, right? So listen to your opponent, of course, listen to the people that hired you, of course, but while you're out there, listen to the crowd because they're the ones that are going to tell you whether or not your story is actually worth reading or not. Mm-hmm. Great stuff, man. Yep. Really good stuff. I love ring psychology. It's a big part of my life. Um, it's hard to define, but it's fun to talk about. So guys, don't forget about strong style. It is our strength training program. It is available on the train heroic app. We love getting teams together to work on strong style. So go check it out right now. You can also follow us on Facebook where you can check out other people doing strong style, check their progress, their results. We had uh, JD posted his video of his split squat in there. That was awesome. He hit 225 on his split squat. That's amazing. That is a strong rep. That is something that, that I don't often do. So like really impressive for him. And that's specifically knowing where he came from. This is a guy that started split squatting closer to 90 pounds. And now he has 225 pounds on his back. That's pretty impressive guys. So don't neglect strong style available on the train heroic app. Check us out in our Facebook group to get more information on that. There's always a link in the description on these podcasts, but guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of how to become a pro wrestler, the podcast, where we teach you the skills that you need to go from your living room to the main event. And don't wait for your opportunity guys. Take it.